What's up, everybody? This is End Time Headlines. Is America now seeing more evidence, or I should say, is the church seeing more evidence that America is now falling under selective judgments like never seen before? We're going to talk about that on today's topic. All right, what's up, everybody? This is End Time Headlines. I'm your host, Ricky Scaparo, the founder, the pastor, and the voice of End Time Headlines. And it is the day after Easter. It is Monday, April 10th. It is it is great to be back in the studio. We've been off for a whole week. Uh, we just returned back from spring break with our family, and I am so excited to get back in the studio. I've got a lot to talk about this week, so we're going to kick it off today with a very interesting topic. Um, is America seeing more selective judgments, and why is this? And theologically, uh, can we have this discussion today? So we're, this is what we're going to talk about today. So um, now, where did this come from? What's what um, triggered this conversation? Well, about four days ago on our personal Facebook page, um, I quoted a verse from Deuteronomy 28, uh, and I talked about how one of the early warning signs that a nation is about to go into full captivity is the fact that they are in a state of absolute confusion and bewilderment. And again, this is this is one of the curses that come upon a nation that forsake the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Again, this is Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26. Now, today, I'm just going to forewarn you, uh, and before we get further into this uh, discussion in real detail, I want to encourage you to download our free app. Again, it's available on Apple and Android uh, at your play stores, depending on what device you got. Um, it is free. If you're listening by Apple or by Spotify, you could type into end time headlines, look for our official ETH logo. You're going to get that. You're going to see that download it, hit yes to push notifications. And this is how you're going to keep up with our ministry. All of our headlines and all of our podcasts will be right there for your convenience. And again, if you're new to the broadcast, this is your first time joining us on any visual platform and where in which you're able to comment. Let us know in the comment section below that you are new. We want to welcome you. Don't forget to hit the like button, the subscribe button, uh, the bell notifications and all that so you can keep up with this as well. So, guys, we've got to build a foundation before we can even get. I know a lot of you guys want me to go straight into the headlines. You want me to go straight into the talking points of why I'm building this case. Uh, and we are going to talk about that. Um, so we've got a whole week ahead. I told you, we got a lot to talk about this week. We've got stuff that's going on in the Middle East. We got stuff with China and Taiwan. We've got uh, this stuff with confusion and bewilderment in the, in the nation bringing upon, and I believe it's more signs of judgment. We've got, I've, I've got a real testimony that I want to share with you uh, recently that came out with a, a, with a celebrity that I believe is legit. 
And, um, and, and, and that says a lot because a lot of these, I don't take too much with a grain of salt, but we're going to discuss that. So we've got a whole full week of podcasting this week. So let's get after this. I want to take you to the book of Psalms chapter nine. We're going to go to the book of Psalms chapter nine. Um, and we're going to, I'm going to leave you here at the beginning of this with Psalms 9, verse 17. Again, if you're just joining us, Psalms 9, 17, um, the premise of our message, the preface of our entire topic today is, um, is America seeing selective judgments? And is, is this even possible? Because again, theologically speaking, there's people out there that don't believe that God is judging nations in the New Testament under the New Covenant. So let's go to this Psalms 9, 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell. And what does it say here? All the nations that forget God. Let me say that one more time. The wicked shall be turned into hell. And all the nations that forget God. It didn't say all the people. It said all the nations Uh, Now, another translation of this says the wicked shall end up in hell, which this is a true statement, according to your Bible, and all the nations that forget God. Now, I want you to remember that the nations that forget God. Now, I want to go to the book of Second Peter. We're going to go through a lot of scripture today. So, again, I just want to say this right up front. If you're looking for headlines today, you're not going to get that. We're going to do that probably tomorrow. We're going to build this case, and then tomorrow we'll get into the headlines, and we'll pull these verses up again, and we'll show you that in light of Scripture, because we've got a lot of verses, because today what I want to build is the case to you that theologically speaking, God still brings judgment upon nations. Now, the severity of this will differ. And it will be more extreme when we get into the book of Revelation. I'm going to prove all that today. I'm going to present all this before you in this case. All right, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them in chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them, now look what it says here, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. Now I'm going to ask you, what was Sodom and Gomorrah? The answer was they were cities of the plains. There was about at least four cities of the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. So these are cities that were judged by God. And they, the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 6, that they were made examples to those who afterward would live ungodly. <coughs> Now, also, I want to point out here that Peter also referenced the ancient world in which Noah dwelled. So he went a little bit step further and went beyond cities, but went into the actual 
world or civilization itself. So we here we see Noah in reference to the world, and we see Sodom and Gomorrah in reference to cities that God brought judgment upon. Why? Because they chose to live ungodly, wicked, abominable, transgressions, iniquities. We've gone into great detail on these in other um, other segments we did here in the pie in, in our recent podcast. Now I want to take you to Matthew chapter 25. Again, this is Matthew 25. I'm going to pull this up so you can follow along with me. This is verse 31. When the son of man comes now this again, this is later on. This is when the, when Jesus Christ returns, look what it says here, according to the gospel of Matthew, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, that's Jude one talks about this. Then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Now look, what does it say? My friends in verse 32, all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate them. Who's them? The nations. He will separate the nations one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Verse 33. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left hand. Now, where's he pulling these sheep and goats from? I want to see if you're paying attention today from the nations that will be gathered before him. Now let's read on. And then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now look what the qualifications were for them meeting this criteria to get them on the right hand as his sheep. Look at this verse 35 for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? In other words, I could see them saying, Lord, you've been in heaven for over 2,000, 6,000, 7,000, whatever number you want to use there, years. You have not been present. How could we possibly be feeding you, giving you drink, clothing you, visiting you as a stranger and visiting you in prison? In verse 40, he says, and the king will answer and say to them, and surely I say unto you is inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then we go into uh, the goats and look what it says here regarding the goats. And then they, or I'm sorry, excuse me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed. Somebody say cursed. This is very important that you listen to what I'm saying today. And to the everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. That's, again, it's reference to hell and the lake of fire. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. Thirsty, no drink 
was given to me. I was a stranger. You did not take me in. I was naked. You did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And then again, they will answer when and how could we have done this to you because you were not present. And he said, again, he said, as surely I say unto you, as much as you did not do it to the one to the least of these, you did not do it unto me. Verse 46 of Matthew 25. And these will go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now we got to talk here for a second because I'm sure, listen, as sure as I'm talking to you today and doing this podcast today, there will be people that will. And again, when we, when we talk about this briefly, when I typed this up in a little bit of an excerpt on what I was going to talk about this week, we had individuals that quickly came on there and said that I was theologically incorrect because God does not bring judgment upon nations anymore under the under the new covenant in the New Testament because he poured out all of his wrath upon G- his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. Well, listen, that's partially truth. The truth, the partial truth of that is they are, they are referencing what Christ did on the cross in regards to personal salvation and equating it to the judgment upon nations. This is not what we're talking about today. We are not talking about personal propitiation. That's a tough theological term there. We're not talking about personal salvation and what God did for us. On a personal level, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For Christ was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. If the blood of goats and lambs and rams was not suffice for the sacrifice, then it had to take the blood of a spotless lamb, which was the son of God. So we're listen, we're not discrediting what Christ did at Calvary for personal salvation. But again, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about the judgment of nations. Again, Psalms 9, 17, that forget God, that are wicked, that are abominable, that Peter said are likened to those of Sodom and Gomorrah and the ancient world that once was in Noah's day. Peter, again, I want to remind you, Peter said that we need to take note of those nations, those civilizations of times times past, because they were examples to those afterward that would live ungodly. Okay, everybody's still with me today. All right, now I'm going to go to Matthew 11. Again, if you have your Bible, go with me, the book of Matthew chapter 11. This is where Brother Ricky's going to go right now. Matthew 11, verse 20. And then Jesus began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because, watch this, they did not repent. Now, so now Jesus begins to, re- to rebuke cities here. Woe unto you, Chorazin. So we know here's one. This is Chorazin. He rebukes them. Woe unto you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, now look what he says here. It will be 
future tense, more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. Did you catch that? He rebukes Chorazin and Bethsaida and says it will be more tolerable in the day of judgment than for you. Now, what is, what's he talking about this day of judgment? I just read it to you. It's Matthew 25, where he referenced the day of judgment. It's this great white throne judgment in the book of Revelation, where the nations of the world will be brought before God and they will be judged. How did they treat people? How did they treat Christians? How did they treat the poor, the needy, the widow, the orphans? Did they, did they persecute the prophets? Did they shed their blood? Did they reject the gospel? All this is going to be, all these nations will be, will give, will be given an account of this. Now look, he goes on verse 23. I've got to get through this. Matthew eleven twenty three, And you Capernaum. So now we have Chorazin, Bethsaida, and we have Capernaum, three cities in Israel who are exalted to heaven. You will be brought down to Hades. Here it is again. He mentions this Hades, hell, Gehenna, the lake. All this is in reference to judgment. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom. Uh-oh, now he references Sodom and Gomorrah. It would have remained until this day. But look what he says here. But I say to you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Y'all see this? So wh what are we talking about here? We're talking about cities and nations. These cities within nations and entire nations will be held accountable. They will stand at the great right throne judgment where the entire nations will be judged. Sheep on the left, goats on the right, sheep, the sheep nations will enter in eternal life. The goat nations will be, will be poured into the lake of fire that burneth forever and ever. That's what your Bible says. It talks about this, but but hold on now, Brother Ricky, that's that's all future tense. But what about present tense? Well, we're going to get there, but I, we're still building the case. We're going to get there. Don't worry about that. So now let's go to Joel chapter three. Watch this. Joel chapter three. <clears throat> For behold, in those days at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, look what it says here. I will also gather all nations. Somebody say all nations will be gathered and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Now, why is it? Why are they? Why would the Lord bring these nations into the valley of Jehoshaphat? Because this is where the final battle of Armageddon will take place. Now, why would, why is God doing this though? Well, let's read on. And I will enter into judgment with them there. Uh-oh. What? Yes, God is going to bring the nations that he's judging into the, 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 uh, the valley of Jehoshaphat, and there will be a great battle of Armageddon there. Why? Because he's entering into judgment with them. 
Why is he doing that, Brother Ricky? Well, according to Joel chapter 3, verse 2, listen what this. Let me read it again. And I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage, Israel. So these nations that are going to enter into judgment in the Valley of Jehoshaphat at Armageddon are being judged for something that they did to Israel, which God says are my people. Now, what could they have possibly done? What could be such a grievous uh, sin that they would enter into judgment? Well, let's read on. Whom they have scattered among the nations, they have also divided up my land. Oh, I don't know if you caught that. Notice he says two things. These nations that enter into judgment, they've caused the people of God to be scattered through persecution and through violence. And number two, they've, they've attempted to divide Israel. Um, you know, the same thing that America has attempted to do on multiple times. And consequently, every single time America has had their hand in the involvement of trying to attempt to divide Israel, some type of disaster has come upon that. Gee, that almost sounds like some type of selective judgment, Brother Ricky. Well, great. I'm glad you're observing and paying attention today because I really need you to be on board with me and be paying attention because we are absolutely seeing selective judgments. And, and by the time I'm done with today's podcast and we get into tomorrow and the rest of the week and show you some stuff that's coming out, guys, you're going to be more convinced than ever that you need to make your salvation assured. You need to make sure that you're in him. You need to make sure that you're rooted and grounded in the faith because I believe hard and turbulent times is upon us. So let me recap that real quick. The prophet Joel, and I will even say Zechariah, Zechariah 12, says that there's also coming a judgment upon nations who attempted to try to divide Israel and are out to destroy Israel. Hello. When I get into some of the articles that came out this weekend and involving the Middle East, this is all going to come. It's all going to make sense to you. Everything's going to make sense to you. This is why we're building this up today. Now, for, for those who would say, well, Brother Ricky, that's great. That's nice. But again, I don't believe that God is judging nations. I don't believe God is judging cities. I don't believe that the Lord's doing that anymore today because it's a new covenant. It's a new Testament. And, um, and he, and God poured out all of his wrath upon Jesus. And therefore that none of this is valid and this is incorrect theology and it's, and it's, it's incorrect, uh, interpretation of scripture and the list goes on. Well, let me show you something that happened in the new covenant ready it the seeds of this were planted while christ was upon the earth but it was fulfilled when christ was at the right hand of the father to a whole to a 40 year gap to another generation all right let me show you what i'm talking about let's go to matthew 27 here we go matthew 27 now, this is where Jesus is standing before trial before Pontius Pilate. 
So I want to give you that backdrop for you guys that are listening by podcast. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas or Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, uh, Pilate said unto them, whom now listen, it's important here. Who's he speaking to the people of Israel? That generation, by the way, this took place 33 AD, 33 AD. This is when this transpired. And it says here that Pilate asked him, whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ, the anointed one, for he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. And while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with this just man, for I've suffered many things today in a dream because of him. This was God, again, warning. We, we talked about that in a whole other podcast. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and to destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them which of the two would you want me to release to you and they said again barabbas Pilate said unto them what then shall i do with jesus who is called christ and they all said unto him let him be crucified then the governor said why what evil has this man done but they cried out all the more saying let him be crucified now i need you to pay real close attention here and when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that atonement was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, quote, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. Look at the response of verse 25. This again, we are in Matthew 27, 25. Here's. And all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and our children. Another translation says, and the people answered and said, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. Now I want you to remember this took place in 33 AD. Now remember a, a typical biblical generation is somewhere between 40 and 70 years. I believe everybody would agree with that. Now, remember, this took place in 33 AD. This was the year our Lord was crucified. So and the reason why Pontius Pilate washed his hands of the innocence of the blood of Christ with a basin of water before the people, because according to the old Testament, if you, if you were involved in the murder of an innocent individual, then they knew they all understood according to Torah and the law of Moses, that judgment would happen. It would come upon you and your children, even for, uh, four generations. So watch this. Remember this happened in 33 AD. Then consequently, if you fast forward, if you fast forward exactly nearly almost to the, to the year, it was only shy of three years, but you go to 70 AD and judgment came upon 
Israel, and Jerusalem. This is when the Roman legion surrounded the city, breached the walls of Jerusalem, their outer walls, and they began a systematic ransacking of the entire city. The assault culminated in the burning and destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. In victory, the Romans slaughtered thousands of Jews. Of those who were spared from death, thousands more were brought into captivity and sent to toil in the mines of Egypt. Others were dispersed to arenas throughout the empire to be butchered for the amusement of the public. This is all history. The temple's sacred relics were then taken to Rome where they were displayed in a celebration of victory. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about 33 AD. The people said, let his blood be upon us and our children. A whole generation passed. They never saw judgment. They thought they were out of the water, that God turned a blind eye. But then almost nearly 40 years to the day, judgment came to Jerusalem. Their guard was let down. Their protection was breached. The prophets warned about it. They said that destruction was coming. They said the judgment was coming. They said, woe unto Jerusalem. Jesus warned about this. What did Jesus warned in the gospels? Woe unto you, Jerusalem. How often have I wanted to gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. Woe unto you, Jerusalem and Israel. Woe unto you who have shed the, pro the blood of the prophets. Well, that's why I've labeled this. That's why I've called this message today. Woe unto you, America, for your judgment has come upon you. Because just because, listen, just because we've been spared and we've and we've survived this and we went through this. I'm telling you, I believe 9-11, and I don't have time to build. Listen, there's people like Jonathan Kahn that has wrote books after books after books about this very thing that I'm talking about today and all the harbingers that were there. 9-11 was a, was a huge warning. 9-11 happened uh, to on, on, on U.S. soil because our uh, God's sovereign protection was lifted temporarily and we were breached. And because of that, we came under attack. But I'm going to tell you something. According to what I'm about to show you in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, the Lord says that if you do not repent, the entire reason why God allowed what he did on 9-11, I keep referencing 9-11 because that is the worst terror attack in our lifetime that we've seen in the past 40 years. The reason God allowed this to happen is for it to provoke us to repent. Wait a minute. You mean God? Now, listen, I know people will tell you when I go into Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, they will say, well, those warnings of blessing and cursing was only for Israel and they don't apply to any other nation. Again, do, do we really do I really have to recap this again? God says, woe unto the nations, plural tense. He didn't say woe unto the nation of Israel. Israel was simply a point of reference that we could go back and read the Bible to. If, if God will judge Israel, 
who God calls his chosen people, the apple of his eye, how much more are Gentile nations subject to blessing and cursing? Blessing, if they obey God, heed his word, uh, and, and, and obey his statutes. Cursing, if they turn from God, turn to idolatry, turn to abomination, turn to wickedness, embrace sexual immorality, embrace all these godless things that the Gentiles, other Gentile nations that were before us did and perished. Are you listening to me today? So having said that, Deuteronomy 28, look what the Lord says here in Deuteronomy 28. You go to Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 19, or 18, rather. The Lord says, if you'll heed my commandments, obey my word, and do all these uh, things, I will bless you, and I will make you a blessing. Talking about the nations that do this. I'll bless you coming in, bless you coming out, bless, make you the head, not the tail, above, not beneath, etc., etc. But then we get down here to verse 20. You know, the part that no preachers want to talk about? Because it's not relevant to us. And it doesn't apply to us. So they don't talk about this. They don't talk about judgment. They don't talk about uh, th these things because they, th they feel like it's not relevant and has no relevancy and that we can just keep living the life we want and we can keep doing whatever we want to do and keep abhorring God and keep abhorring his commandments. And we think that God's going to turn a blind eye and he's not going to judge us anymore. Anyway, Deuteronomy 28, 20. The Lord will send on you cursing confusion. Somebody say confusion. This comes from a Greek word called bewilderment, perplexity, confusion, not knowing if you're going up, you're going down, you're going left, you're going right. Do we, uh, are we, are we going to be good? Are we going to be, are, are we going to make it? Are we not going to make it? The, the stock market's good one day. It goes under the next day. The job market's good. It goes down the next day. We, uh, politically speaking, we're left, we're right, we're left, we're right, we're left, we're right. We can't agree on this. We've got right wing. We got left wing. We don't know what gender we are. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we're going, where we came from. Confusion, bewilderment, perplexity. He said, the Lord said, I will be responsible for sending this upon your land because you've rejected me. Verse 25, the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way and against them and flee seven ways before them. And you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. Well, let me read that again. Because I don't, I don't think you're understand. I don't think you're, maybe you're not getting what he's saying here. The Lord will cause you as a nation to be defeated before your enemies. You think America don't have enemies? You think America doesn't have nations breathing down our neck, ready to see us go under? Hello, China. Hello, Russia. Hello, Iran. Hello, North Korea. And it's, he says, you're gonna go, you'll go out against them one way, but end up fleeing seven different ways. And then he goes on and says, you'll become a troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. In other words, let me give you this in modern translation. You will be a thorn in the flesh and be hated by all nations. 
Now it's 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 amazing to me that America was once beloved. America was once sought after. America was the place to be. Everybody wanted to come to America. Everybody wanted to be an American. Why? Because that's where dreams can come true. This is where it's happening. This is where you want to be. This is where you want to end up. This is the American dream. But now that's not the case anymore. We're in 2023. We've got a record number of people that are abandoning their citizenship. They're leaving America. They don't want to be American anymore. They're ashamed to be American. Other nations are looking in on America, laughing at us to scorn. Why? Because we are, we look like absolute idiots. Excuse me while I get a little upset because I'm in America and I am absolutely blown away by what I see on a day-to-day basis, not a year-to-year basis. It's a daily stupidity daily. Like what stupid thing is going to be on the news today to make America look like a laughing stock to the nations? Oh, again, tune in, stay tuned this week. We're going to show you articles to back up everything I'm saying. We're going to show you headlines to confirm everything I'm saying. I'm telling you, America is a laughing stock to the nations. America, who was once sought after and beloved by nations around the world, are now become a thorn in the flesh. And I'm telling you, nations are, are, are eager, chomping into bit to see America collapse and go down in flames. Verse 28, the Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion. Let me ask everybody out there. Do you think America is in a state of madness, blindness and confusion? Don't answer that because I'm going to answer it for you this week when we get into the articles. Verse 29, you shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall be only oppressed and plundered continually, and no one shall save you. Always oppressed, always under, always lending, always in debt. No one can save you. The government's not going to bail you out anymore. The feds are not going to bail you out anymore. China is done with you. Russia, done with you. Iran, done with you. Nations that once valued your currency are done with you. And they're looking and taking every opportunity they can to rid themselves of this thorn in the flesh called America. I don't know. Are we there? Let's go to Leviticus 26. I'm almost done with this message today, and I want you to come back tomorrow. We're going we're gonna to finish this. It'll be part two to this. I'm going to show you the headlines and pull the headlines into this. Leviticus 26. We'll pull up the screen here. Leviticus 26. Look what, look what he says here. I Now, this is the Lord speaking here. I will even appoint terror over you. Again, you thought 9-11 was the last terroristic attack you're going to see on American soil? You ain't seen nothing yet if we keep going in the the absolute stupidity that our our country's going in. Let me go on. Verse 17, I will set my face against you. 
and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you and you shall flee when no one pursues you. So he's just, again, echoing what he said over there to Moses in Deuteronomy. And after all this, if you do not obey me, look at this, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. This is the, this is the part that concerns me. I will break the pride of your power. Hello, you know the U.S. dollar represents pride? It represents the empire of America and its, and its strength. But guess what? The pride of power is breaking. I will make your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze. Hello, famine and pestilences and droughts. Verse 24, then I also will walk contrary to you and I will punish you yet seven times for your sins. I will bring a sword against you. That's war. That will, that will execute the vengeance of the covenant. When you are gathered together with your cities, I will send pestilence among you and you shall be delivered into the hand of your enemy. I've got one more verse for you. Verse 30 through 31. I will destroy your high places. Now, we saw this on 9-11, the Pentagon, the Twin Towers, and they were going for the White House. But God's sovereignty stepped in and said, no, you won't take the White House. But they struck the Pentagon. They struck the, the Twin Towers. I will destroy your high places. I will cut down your incense altars and cast your carcasses on the lifeless forms of your idols. Listen, I can't even go into detail about that verse without keeping this plat of this podcast on the platform. I don't want to be, I don't want to take him down. And God does not play around with idolatry. Read the book of Jeremiah. Read the book of Isaiah. I will lay your cities waste. Hello, Sodom and Gomorrah. Hello, Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. I, and I will bring your sanctuaries to desolation. I will not smell the fragrance of your sweet aromas. Again, this is all the blessing and cursing of nations. And God said, I have set all these things that you read about in here as examples to the nations to come. Here is, I want to read you, I want to read you the thing that concerns me as an American citizen. And then I want to close with a redemptive hope. Let me get right into this. When you go into the book of Revelation chapter 18, there is what's called Babylon the Great. And this, whoever this Babylon the Great is, and we could debate this all day long, whoever it is, let me just say this, whoever it is, they will fall. And the Bible describes this place, whatever this is, it, it describes it as a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean and hated bird. It says, whoever this Babylon the Great is, they are responsible for the drunkenness of the nations of the world, because in verse 3 of Revelation 18, for all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. 
The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, whoever this Babylon is. The merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Now, I know people say, well, that's Rome. That's the Vatican. I know. But listen, I'm, I just happen to believe. Listen, I know. I, you probably agree with Brother Rick on a lot of things, but you may not agree with me on this one. But I am, unless someone can 110% unequivocally uh, convince me that America is not this profile, I still believe that America is fitting this profile. You think about, again, I know we haven't got to the headlines. When we start talking about this, some of the stuff that America has committed, when you start talking about the shedding of innocent blood that has been committed by America, when you talk about the fornications, the foul spirits, the prison of every foul spirits, the unclean, when you're talking about, look at the disgusting, vile things that are coming out of America, and you're going to try to tell me that they can't fit the bill of this description of this Babylon the Great? Whoever this is, the Lord is screaming from heaven, saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and receive her plagues. For her sins have reached to the heavens, just like it did in Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says that the kings of the earth in Revelation 18, 9, who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning standing at a distance for fear of her torment because whoever this Babylon the great is will be destroyed in one hour and when it's destroyed the nations of the world that will be looking upon will be weeping and lamenting. Why? Because they have been drunk from her fornications that she's committed. Well, America hasn't done that, Brother Ricky. Really? You don't think America does not have blood on its hands? Literally? You don't think America is not guilty for spreading abominations around the entire world, which we have now used the highest court of the land and legalized things that God called an abomination. And it started in America and has now gone global and worldwide. You don't think, if you think for one minute that America is, is, is it fallen in the category of a sheep nation that will hear God say, enter in, beloved, for you've done well. You've done what I've asked you to do. You have helped the poor, helped the widow, helped the needy, helped the orphans. You've done all these things. You really think God is going to turn a blind eye to the absolute wicked, abominable things that this nation has committed? It says the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because they will no longer make profit over this, whoever this, uh, whoever this Babylon is. It was a gold mine for many nations. 
And when it is destroyed, they are going to lose their mind because they will no longer be able to profit for them. Hmm, it's interesting because this could be possibly what ties into the book of James chapter five when it says the, the rich the, the, the will weep and howl for the miseries that are coming. I'm telling you, friend, judgment is coming judgments here we are seeing selective judgments right now it's all in there it's in leviticus 26 it's in deuteronomy 28 it the famines pestilence food shortages nations rising up against us that did hate us we're losing our sovereignty we're losing our freedoms we're losing all these things right before our eyes. I want to make a statement and then I want to read something out of the book of Jonah. This is our, I want to give you the final hope that we have until whenever the, the end of the age comes, because it's come, it's upon us. It's even at the door. We went to uh, this last week, this past week, uh, we went to DC. We were down in DC and I went to the Bible museum, never been there before. So it was very interesting to me. And one of the things that stood out to me when I was doing, when I was watching one of the, um, the virtual, they did these virtual tours and they would go through these commentaries and they would do this. One of the things that really stood out to me was, and it was almost like everything else, the volume went way down and this went way up and it just leaped out at me. All through Israel's history, there's been a pattern. And it was, watch this, it was when the people begin to turn from God and forget God and fall into idolatry, it caused, watch this, the anger of God to arise. The, then it resulted in the favor of God being lifted from the nation, which when it was lifted, their protection was lifted and they were besieged by another nation, watch this, and were taken into captivity. Now you tell me, if, if, if someone was to ask me, where are we as America, prophetically speaking, where are we going? Friends, we have as a, and I'm not saying when I say we, I'm not saying all of you guys, I'm saying as a nation, as a whole, we have turned from God, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. We have rejected God. We have aroused the anger of God, which in return causes the favor of God to be lifted. This in return will this will lift the protection of our nation from us which will make us vulnerable hello to nations that are our enemies to come and plunder us destroy us rise above us and i know this is a scary thing to say and to even bring us into captivity that's where we are prophetically speaking if something doesn't change now i know you can't change prophecy prophecy is going to happen prophecy is going to be fulfilled but watch this god can bring a reprieve to a people remember jeremiah shadrach meshach abednego these men 
were in captivity, but God was still with them. Listen, I wish I could say here, I wish I could tell you today that America is not going to go into captivity by a foreign nation, but I cannot tell you that. I wish I could tell you that, but based on the history, based on patterns and based on the conditions of our nation right now and where we are spiritually speaking and our covenant with God, I cannot tell you that this will never come upon our land. In fact, if I had to, if I was a betting man, I would say in the direction that we're heading, we are going in the same direction as other nations that are either a, they're no longer with us because they've been destroyed completely or they went fully, fully into captivity. Now, when you go to the book of Jonah chapter three, here's where I want to leave us with. God spoke to the prophet Jonah and said, listen, Nineveh is going to be destroyed because of its wickedness. So after a, after Nineveh fought God, or excuse me, after Jonah fought God, because Jonah didn't want to go, he didn't want to be obedient. You, you know the whole story. I'm not going to rehash all that. Jonah finally goes, shows up to Nineveh, he enters the city. He begins to cry out and tell them, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So he gives them this 40-day window, which was the word of the Lord, and 40 days, judgment's coming if something doesn't happen. If you as a people do not repent and turn back to God in 40 days, judgment's coming. And the Bible says in, in Jonah chapter three, verse five, so the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth and from the greatest to the least of them. And then the word of the, and then the word came to the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and ashes. And, and the Bible says that he went through and telling the people to turn back to the living God in verse 10, God saw their works that they had turned from their evil way and God relented. Listen to me. He relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. Now we know historically speaking, God gave a reprieve to Nineveh because eventually Nineveh was destroyed. Why? Because they had forgotten again. Hello. They had forgotten why God spared them began to, become evil again, turn from God. And it was seven times worse. And God ended up destroying them. But again, don't miss it. There was a reprieve. So if you're watching today, you're listening today and you say, well, brother Ricky, this is not very good news today. I came to hear the good news of the gospel. Listen, the good news of the gospel is this on a personal level, Jesus Christ came and died for you and I, that we can have eternal life. So whether we go into captivity, whether we die in a war, we die of natural causes. We live in old age. We die soon. We go here, we go there. We're taken at the rapture of the church, the trumpet, but whatever the case would be, the key, the point is, Christ made a way for you and I. That's number one good news. Number two is that 2 Chronicles 7.14 is the absolute blueprint for God's healing and favor to come back to a nation who has turned from him. 
He said, if my people that which are called by my name shall humble themselves in prayer and turn from their sins and wicked ways, then shall I hear from heaven and heal their land. He did it for Nineveh. He did it for Israel many countless times. He's done it for other nations that have repented and turned back to him. Guys, America is no different. I'm not saying that in, in the end, when this thing is all said and done, when we get all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, the likelihood of America being judged on a on a level of severity that we read about Matthew 25, 2 Peter, Joel 3 is, is very likely. But while you and I remain, come on somebody, Abraham told Lot, he said, if I can find 10 righteous in the city, Will you not spare it? And the Lord said, Abraham, if you can go into the cities of the plains and you can find 10 righteous, I will relent from bringing my judgment. But he, it got so bad in the cities of the plains that Abraham couldn't even find 10 righteous. My friends, I don't believe that we're to that point yet. While we are sure on that path, we are bad. Yes, it is dark. Yes, but I believe, listen, just from us on this live broadcast right here, you guys represent your cities. You represent your towns. You represent your states. You represent your nation, whoever you're watching today. And if God, listen, if God was willing to spare an entire, the, the cities of the plains for 10 righteous, I believe, Listen, there is at least that many watching this broadcast right now representing your city here. So listen, that's the good news today. The bad news is we are heading for the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, which again, when you get to the book of Revelation, listen, the bottom line is hell is there. The lake of fire is there. Judgment is there. Nations will be judged. It's all there. Whoever this Babylon the Great is, they will be destroyed in one hour. It's there. You can ignore it. You can choose not to preach on it. You can choose to rip that page out of your Bible, but it ain't going to change anything. It's coming. But I'm telling you, while we are here, while we're in the present tense, I'm asking, come on, let's pray with me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm asking that you would have mercy upon your people, those households that are represented today, those families that are represented here right now. We pray today that you would have mercy upon us, have mercy upon our cities, have mercy upon our land in Jesus' name. Father, we repent. We repent of the blood of innocence. We repent of abominations. We repent of the wickedness. We repent of these lawless deeds that our nation's leaders have committed and those of authority have committed. We repent of the sins of the church. We repent of the blind, of the turning of the blind eye that the church has had in this hour where they refuse to, to preach on sin. They refuse to preach on the cross or the blood or they refuse to preach on the dangers of hellfire. Lord, we repent. You said if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves in prayer and turn from their sins and wicked ways. God, we not only do we repent, but we ask by the help of the grace of God that you would help us to turn from these things and be the shining light and to be the salt and to be the city that's set upon a hill. Lord, you said that, Father, that you know how to deliver the godly out of temptation and preserve them to stand before the Son of Man. 
man on that day. Father, you said in the book of Luke chapter 21, you said that we are to pray that we may be found worthy to escape all these things that are coming upon the earth in this hour. And Lord, we just we we give you praise and glory for your word today. Father, if there's anybody that's watching and listening today and they're away from you, they don't have a relationship with you, I pray that they would repent right now of their sins, that they would put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, come on. And all God's people said amen and amen. Listen, friends, I want to thank you for taking time out on this Monday, April 10th to be a part of the broadcast uh, again don't forget to subscribe to us don't forget to download our free app listen if this ministry is a blessing to you and your family and you wish to be a partner uh, become a partner of our ministry you could do it two different ways you can give electronically through uh, the main website endtimeheadlines.org endtimeheadlines.com or the easiest way is to go down to the bottom of your screen right there if you have the app if you've downloaded the app, go to the bottom of your app to the right where it says donate. Click on that. It's going to take you a page where you can give according to your heart. Um, if you wish to give by check or money order, right there on the screen, you can make it out to End Time Headlines. That's P.O. Box 1391. That's Monroe, Georgia. And again, that's 306 five five as always thank you so much for taking the time out today to be a part of this great broadcast we're going to sign off for tonight be back here tomorrow at night tuesday april 11th at 8 p.m eastern we're going to kind of just we're going to pick off pick up excuse me where we left off tonight and we're going to bring in the headlines and we're going to show you some stuff that absolutely uh confirms what we're discussing today so we'll see you guys tomorrow night god bless thank you for listening to the end time headlines podcast we pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message for more information about how you can help partner with our ministry please visit endtimeheadlines.org